Hello and welcome back to the Skull Football Talk Show. Today we have a special guest on the show, my English teacher, Jacob Druby. So we're going to be talking about the problems with the Packers and some other things related to the Vikings, like will they make the Super Bowl, can they, and going back to the game on Sunday against the Bills, and then we're going to be talking also about some MVP candidates and who will likely win that award and who has like the chance to win that. So first off, let's get started with the Packers. So what do you think is mainly the problem with the Green Bay Packers organization this year? Yeah, uh, well, first off, I want to say thanks, Luke, for having me on the show. I'm yeah. super excited. This is my first time being on the other side of uh, other side of the mic. I've listened to plenty of podcasts. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. Um, I love talking sports, but really up until this point, I've been a, a fan and not a contributor. So this is kind of a fun opportunity for me. Uh, you're asking about the Packers' problems. And as a Vikings fan, it's very easy for me to pile <laughs> yeah. up on the Packers' problems. And so I want to be careful because there's one thing that I hate about Green Bay and their fan base and everything like that, and that's just the blind love that they have for the Packers. Yeah. So I'm going to try my best not to have just a blind hatred for them. As a Vikings fan, if that makes sense, I want to be reasonable. I want to give them their due. And so for starters, uh, you know, they had a great comeback last week against yeah, Dallas. Yeah, they did. Um, and that was in front of their home fans. That was to fire them up. That was Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers does and taking care of business when he needs to. Um, my fear for them is that it might be a little too late, and obviously that comes with my joy too. Um, but the few things that I see with the Packers, and um, you know, I, I'll be completely honest, I haven't watched a ton of Packers games by myself. Yeah. But upon doing some research and um, you know, seeing what I've seen through NFL Red Zone as I'm watching on Sundays, I think it basically comes down to three issues here. Um, the first being their defense, the second being their young receivers, and the third being Aaron himself. Like, yeah. he's not the Aaron that we've seen in the past. So, um, to dive in a little deeper, and you can jump in and, and, and comment as soon as you, you see some uh, space and some ideas that you have. I did a little research. The, the, the Packers' defense has allowed more than 23 points in six of their 10 games. So, really? I don't think that is terrible it's not terrible it's just not what we've seen last year and like right watching the vikings packers game it did not look like jair alexander was like covering jefferson at all good and right. obviously he scored two touchdowns you got a, like 140 150 right. yards and that's just that was like one of the things i was scared of the packers is that really good secondary who has all those like pro bowl level players Absolutely. that like you kind of expect to do well, but then when they don't do well, it's like, wow, here you are right. watching a horrible team who's supposed to be good. So I think coming into the year, they knew that they were going to have young receivers. They knew that they were going to have a young inexperienced offense minus yeah. some line, which had some injury issues and questions. But they knew that it was Aaron, and Aaron was going to be Aaron. And yeah. so they were relying on this stout defense. Well, they've allowed 23 points in six of their 10 games. So that requires this inexperienced offense to step up and score more than that. And that's not even including their 9-15 to loss to Detroit as well. Yeah. So here's how you start to see the losses 
pile up in droves. And you mentioned some of like their secondary or even their linebacking core. I mean, we've seen regressions from a lot of their players defensively. Devontae Campbell, who they just, I think, signed to an extension and made a, and made a captain, big step back from last year. Uh, Rasul uh, Douglas, big step back. We saw step backs from Eric Stokes in the secondary as well prior to his injury. And then they're just catching the injury bug now. And like Rashawn yeah, Barry's out with the injury. And so players go on IR for a long time. So the defense is falling apart now. Yeah. Right? Not only that, but they, I think they were expecting a lot of production from their two Georgia first-round picks, the Quay Walker linebacker guy and Devontae Wyatt on the line. And we just haven't seen that. So this defense that I think they were relying on being one of the best in the NFC, if not the NFL, has kind of just, in my opinion, been pretty stale. That's the way I've seen it with their defense. So I think that's a huge problem for the Packers. Um, I also talked about, you know, offense relying on kind of young and inexperienced receivers. They've been asking a lot from Romeo Dobbs, is it Dobbs? Dobbs. Dobbs. And Christian Walker. And, like, I know Watson. Christian Walker, or Watson, thank you. I know Watson went for four, 107, and three TDs Yeah, last he went week. off. But we've seen the drops. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen the drops, right, Minnesota fans? <laughs> that that um, was great. We've seen injuries. Uh, I think he had some concussion symptoms previously. Yeah, we've and seen, Romeo Dobbs is out for some presumable time. Right, and we've basically seen, like, an inability to stay on the field. So couple that with, like, Randall Cobb, veteran receiver, and then, like, Lazard. Basically, Aaron has Lazard to throw. Yeah. Because he does not trust these guys. And that's kind of his own fault. Like, he hasn't, like, done anything to build up that trust. Um, But if I'm Green Bay, I'm begging OBJ to come and play for us. (laughs) Because they need someone to catch the ball. And I don't think any chance Odell Beckham Jr. goes, hmm, I want to go to this Packers team that's in shambles. Yeah. But if they look like they can build off of this win and try to make a push in the playoffs, uh, that's kind of their only hope. I know they tried to get some receivers at the trade deadline. I, I think they had an offer in on Chase Claypool. I think they had an offer in on um, Darren Walner, and basically both of those uh, Walner were basically shut down. So they've kind of made their bed, and now they have to sit in it with not drafting pass catchers for all this time, for not developing pass catchers because they said, hey, we got Devontae Adams. Let's just use that for all yeah. these years. Now they're stuck with, with no one to really catch the ball. Yeah, and then – so going back to Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers, I do think Alan Lazard, like if he's the number one receiver, he needs to understand the role he has to take mm-hmm. on and like do that to his, the best of his ability yeah. because if he's not doing that and he's not that number one guy that defenses are scared of, mm-hmm. then he like won't be he won't be a number one receiver on his team much less in the NFL and if you don't play that to the best of your ability other people like Christian Watson might have a good second half of the season scoring because he scored all the touchdowns on Sunday and then he might use that to do even better along this season so if he's not taking on the role that he needs to be other people are going to come up and right. use underdog mentality to win, and that's that's kind of scary to yeah. like watch as like Aaron, Alan Lazard. So he could lose his spot. Right? Yeah, so, if I he's mean, not playing high enough. Right, and and to add on to that, yeah, I think this presents a great opportunity for these young guys to step up. 
I just don't know if they've been given the opportunity. Aaron's been a jerk about making drop yeah. balls and not allowing these guys to develop. And I think it goes one of two ways. I mean, going into the year, everyone knew it was going to be the Alan Lazard show. It had to be. There was no one yeah. else there. And, like, even if you look at preseason fantasy stuff, he wasn't, like, a huge um, pickup, like, a pretty safe mid-round receiver. And you really have one of two options. Either you're going to get a ton of volume, a ton of targets, a ton of opportunities to do that, and hopefully you can capitalize, or you're going to get doubled. You're going to get covered. Um, yeah. Opposing defenses are going to say, well, we need to keep Aaron in the pocket. We need to cover Lazard and hope that Jones and Dylan don't go for more than yeah. 150. And then that's a win. So they kind of put themselves in a position where their offense could not be that dynamic. And an aging Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that ability to be dynamic. And that's kind of my last point that I want to get to is that, yeah, you know, 185-pound number 12 wearing elephant in the room. Yeah. Whatever he is, probably not and 185. He's more just looking at his stats after week nine, uh, he has a 65% completion percentage 2,315 yards and 17 touchdowns to seven interceptions mm. with a 93 passer rating. Right. Which is, that's bad. The last, I think he's already thrown more interceptions mm-hmm. than 2021. He threw four last year. He's Oof. thrown, he threw, he's thrown for 17 touchdowns, but he threw 37 last year, mm. which is still bad. And like his yards are kind of still there. He has, 2,300 last year, he had 4,100. So, I mean, he he's definitely regressing, and it's it's probably not very fun to, to watch as a Packers fan oh who's had gosh, so no. much, like, fun watching this team. Absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned the 93 passer rating and the touchdowns that are coming. That interception number, that's, that's what scary. scares me the most. And... From the games that I have watched, they're really poorly timed interceptions too. Like red zone interceptions. Or your team is driving and you need a score before the yeah. half interceptions. Or like, hey, we need to make these big plays and instead it turns into the interception. So where I think Aaron is falling short, uh, I mean, father time is undefeated. A regression is expected, right? The um, mobility might not quite be there. Um, the accuracy definitely is not quite there but he's a terrible leader yeah like he just like some of his comments about um his receivers and you know needing to be off the team he has not made his receivers better he has not built them up he has not put them in positions to be successful he's not put them in positions to feel like like they are the guy yeah and then i think he's using his power as one of the like as of last year, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's taking that over, and he's... I think what he's trying to get to is, why are you making me look so bad? Mm -hmm. Do better, or you're not going to be my number top four receivers. Right. So there's that old saying, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That might be happening in Green Bay with Aaron. I mean... The scary thing, and I I looked this up a little bit, and I saw a Twitter thread explaining some of this too. He's on the hook for fifty nine point five two million next year, and then another forty nine point three million in twenty twenty four. So he's on the hook for quite a bit of cap space. They can't go out and make these changes. Additionally, yeah. 
if he retires, and I and I, I wish I had the numbers for you, but he's like a can't-cut guy. Even if he retires, they're on the hook for some money. No one's going to want to trade for an aging yeah. old, sorry for lack of a better word, douchebag. Uh, I'm afraid that this Aaron trend could really sour the experience for um, some Packers, which would be interesting because it's been 20-plus years since they've struggled. Uh, they have three years in a row of finishing 13-3. and This will be Matt LaFleur's first year of not being a division winner, I think, and uh, first year of really struggling. This will be interesting to see how Packers fans respond when they don't have MVP Aaron throwing the yeah. ball around the field. And I just think it's it's so important to have a good leader who's leading your team, who knows how to bring up people mm-hmm. like rookies, and we're just not seeing that. Like, obviously, he had a really good game against the Cowboys, 70% completion, 224 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, mm-hmm. 146 rating, which is it's still pretty good. Didn't have as much yards as a really good game would be but still he did have he did have a good game against them and it showed when Christian Watson like came up and played really well and played like an NFL receiver should yeah it'll be interesting to see what Aaron we get we might get total collapse jerk um super jaded and in my own little world Aaron um who likes to blame everyone else or we could get the Aaron that we've seen in the past. The don't yeah. count me out yet. You left too much time on the clock, Aaron. That's scary. The MVP you. Aaron that we've seen in the past. Yeah. So let's move on to the top MVP contender. Yeah, absolutely. So I have one name in mind, and that's Patrick Mahomes for the mm. MVP. That's That's kind of what's been going around. I saw it at... When they did all the midseason grades, midseason awards, like stuff like that, and it's it's probably gonna be Patrick Mahomes. We this is probably some of the best football he's played, and obviously that's a very tall order as he had the fourteen and two season in twenty twenty. He had the Super Bowl in twenty nineteen. He like made he's basically he's made the AFC Championship in every season he's played. Right. So And that's insane. I I unfortunately I think he has probably worked himself out of the GOAT conversation with the few Super Bowl losses yeah. he's had. But until that guy retires, I'm not voting against him in the MVP. Yeah. I, I finally this year I stopped messing around in fantasy and I got Patrick Mahomes and I stacked him up with Travis Kelsey and I've never had more fun watching Chiefs games. Yeah, it's it's every so week, fun having Patrick Mahomes. Every week, they're just throwing for touchdowns on touchdowns, yeah. for yards, for yards. Um, and so I'm never going to vote him out. However, I wanted to look a little closer at this MVP question. So we all know that the MVP award has basically turned into the top quarterback award, right? Yeah. yeah. So in the last 20 years, I did some research. In the last 20 years, there's actually been 21 MVPs. In 2003, they named the co-MVP with Steve McNair and... <laughs> Uh, uh, Peyton Manning, more on that later. But all but three of these MVPs have been quarterbacks. Okay, so you had 2012 Adrian Peterson. Yep. Beast. That as was... a pe- oh my gosh, as a Vikings fan, so fun. You had 06 Tomlinson and 05 Sean Alexander. Now those running backs were getting crazy amounts of carries, right? Yeah. They were getting 40 plus touches a game, it felt like. 
We're not going to see that in today's NFL. Now that we have all these, like, 100 million plus wide receivers right. who, who basically, like, that's the main focus right. of a defense is to stop, like, going back to Justin Jefferson. This is why it's sometimes a little annoying to watch him because defense fi- defenses find that way to contain right. him. And it, it, it doesn't look good when they contain him. Right. So a wide receiver is getting... Like, at most, like, you know, 12 to 15 targets a game. Yeah. Today's running backs are getting, I don't know, usually it's a split backfield. So, like, at most, 20 to 30 carries a game. So, the way I see this is the quarterback will be the MVP moving forward. Okay? Because of what their role is. Exactly. They're the ones that touch the ball every single time. So, 18 quarterbacks have, um, of these 18 previous MVPs that are quarterbacks, right? So, we've had... 21 MVPs in 20 years. 18 of them have been quarterbacks. Of these 18 quarterbacks, all but two have won the division that they're playing in. Our two that didn't win the division, 2008, Peyton Manning. He was on the 12-4 and Colts, and they finished second in the AFC South, the Titans. Wow, that was a good division. Absolutely. (laughs) In 2003, Steve McNair didn't win his division, and the only reason why is because he was co-MVP with... Peyton Manning, Manning. who did win that AFC South division. So the way I look at it, the MVP will be a division winner. Okay? And there's no way around that. So I did a little research, go through the divisions. NFC West, I love what Gio is doing. I think that's so fun in Seattle. I love that they wrote him off and he didn't write back. Yeah. Geno Smith isn't the MVP. Okay? So we can get rid of the West. It's not Stafford this year. It's not Garoppolo. Uh, we can get rid of the NFC South. Tom is playing poorly this year. Yep. The divorce sucks. Uh, Mariota, fun story, not an MVP, <laughs> not an MVP. type thing. Uh, the NFC South, just in general, kind of sucks. It's not a good division. Hate to say it. You go to our NFC North. I wish I could say our probable NFC North division winner, Vikings. I would love if Kirk could win the MVP. But that, he's actually had kind of a bit of a regression this year. Yeah, I mean... Just seeing how many interceptions he's right. thrown, like, usually he does not throw interceptions. You know what? And, and seeing him throw, was it, he, he threw two against the Bills, and then there might have been, oh, and then against the Eagles, he right. threw three. So, you know what? I'm not an individual awards guy. Kirk, you can lead us to the Super Bowl. They You're can take their MVP. MVP. I think that leaves one, one potential NFC, NFC candidate for MVP, and that would be Jalen Hurts. Now, I don't yeah. think he is the strength of that Eagles team. I think that might come from the defense, but, like, he hasn't played himself out of that position. Yeah. It would be a long shot. It would. But I'll keep him in the conversation for now. And I do think, obviously, like, not everyone's all that scared of the Eagles because they've only played teams who there's, like, lists out there like who they played and what was wrong with the other team right yeah, and it was like that. well first none of the teams you're playing are really scary obviously you played the vikings and that was like that's prime time kirk destroyed though. us <laughs> yeah prime time kirk is so scary and um but most of the other teams like the best team they played was the cooper rush led cowboys yeah. and i'm like you're not gonna make it very far in the playoffs if you're just beating the Right. A backup quarterback. Right. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts, that's our division winner out of the NFC that I think has the best shot. But if we move on over to the AFC. There's a lot of There's people. a lot of talent there. So, AFC North, 
I love Lamar Jackson. I yeah. love the touchdowns that he's been putting up. I love what he is as a thrower and as a runner. Uh, I think he's in a crappy position with injuries to Andrews and then Bateman being out. He just doesn't. Yeah, he just doesn't. I mean, what can what man do? But I think the Ravens will hold on to win the North. If not, the Bengals could sneak up. But like, I don't think this is MVP Joey Burrow year. No. So I'll keep Lamar in the conversation. He could have had a shot with a little bit more health this year. Unfortunate. AFC South. It's going to be the Titans. Tannehill and Malik Willis are not the MVP. Yeah, no. So we can move on from that. <laughs> yeah, no. That leaves us with two divisions here. AFC East or West, and you're 100% right. I think Patrick Mahomes is in the driver's seat. Yep. They're going to win that division. He is playing sensational. They're probably back in the AFC Championship game, and if not even, the Super Bowl. And then we're left with the AFC East. Probably the most competitive division in football right now. Yeah. I mean, when your number four team, the worst team, is it's the Patriots. Five. Oh, AFC. Never mind. I'm never going. counting out Bill Belichick. You know? Yeah. So this is a competitive division. Now, this could potentially be one of the years where an MVP doesn't win the division. And I could see that if the Bills can't hang on and the Dolphins win the AFC East, perhaps Josh Allen does get into that conversation as an MVP winner. Um, uh not winning the division. And he, I think he was the favorite coming into the year. But here, let me give you one name. I don't think he's the odds-on favorite. I don't think it's all that plausible, but a fun idea, okay? Okay. So my theory here about needing to be a quarterback, needing to be a division winner, we go through all of these divisions. There's one man, there's one team who could hold on and win a division, and one quarterback who I think is providing crazy value to his team that's my guy Tua down in Miami. Yeah. So let's talk about this really quick. A long shot, right? Yeah. The Miami Dolphins have three losses. One of them was to the Bengals, a pretty good team. Yeah, but that Tua's was... Tua's brain exploded that day. Yeah. Okay? He got the speed wobbles. He came out of the game. He wasn't able to finish. That's one of their losses. Mm-hmm. Their other two losses are to the Vikings and the Jets, who are actually a pretty formidable team. And both of those were under either um, Teddy Bridgewater Skylar or Skylar Thompson. Not good. Every other game Tua has started, they have won. The numbers this guy is putting up, throwing the ball to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, is insane. The mobility is still there. Not quite like a Lamar or even a Josh Allen, but somebody who can make plays happen out of the pocket. I think they're having fun. I think McDaniels really loves him down there. Yeah. Man, would it be a fun time to be a Dolphins fan. So I don't think, I don't think Tua's the answer, but man, my conversation for MVP candidate comes down to Mahomes, Jackson, Allen, maybe Jalen Hurts, and my sneaky pick, Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, and just looking at Tua Tagovailoa's stats, this year he's thrown for 2,265 yards, um, 18 touchdowns to only three interceptions, yeah. which is really good judging. Well, he has played in less games, but still, that's a really good So that, that'll come back to bite him. Do we want that number? Do we want that high amount of production, even if he's missed, what, two and a half games? I, I don't know how they select these things, but it's just a fun thought to think about. Man, can you imagine if Tua Tugavailoa won the yeah, end after of Miami? losing his brain. Crazy. <laughs> and then, but... I do feel like with all that they're doing in Miami, like that team is – that offense is a little bit too good Mm. and 
maybe something like the Aaron Rodgers thing happens down the road in like five, six years right. when they can't re-sign Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. What's going to happen when they don't have receivers? You know, are they going to play good or are they going to play horrible? So it's funny because the AFC East used to always be three trash teams and Tom Brady. And we've seen a complete flip where now it's like yeah, the Bills who are pretty good and... Man, the Jets can only be so bad for so long with so many first round picks. Yeah, uh, it's turned into a pretty, a pretty competitive. Pretty division. competitive. So it'll be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, and I think just like having the Bills be at three and the Bill Belichick led Patriots being at four, I don't really want to play that division no. all that much. And of course, that's the crossover division that the Vikings get this year. Yep. And we've done well so far. <laughs> Victories against probably the two most formidable teams. Yeah. Uh, still scared of the Jets. Still I'm scared, scared of the, the Patriots. Jets, yeah. But, man, I tell you what, though, that Bills-Vikings game last week. Was that was insane. Insane. Um, I know that that was a topic that you wanted to hit on a little bit. I just yeah. would love to hear your gut reactions. How did you feel watching the game? Well, I mean, in the second quarter, like, I have this saying, it's, it's like, to typical Viking, mm-hmm. they're not going to do much in, when they have all this talent. And when you're down 10-27, around half, yeah. that's not a fun spot to be <laughs> no. in. And it's just not all that enjoyable to watch your team throw wide-open interceptions right. and not really get much. Like, in that first half, they didn't really have much of anything, and... That was just a bad first half, and they really took that over in the second half. Of course, they've played on par with how they've played all year. First drive, touchdown, offense yeah. looks fantastic, it's all good. And then it falls apart. And then it falls apart. And I wonder if they're getting just like conservative towards the middle, and then they hear, hey, we got to do some crazy stuff, and they make it happen. Um, I asked you how you felt watching the game. You said, that's not a fun feeling. I went into the game with basically three feelings. I, one, first of all, was super curious to see if Allen was going to start. And I wanted to see, you know, how we would do if he did. It was kind of a lose, 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 lose situation for us. Yeah. We either lose to Allen, and that sucks, or we beat Allen, and everyone says, oh, but he's got a bad arm. Or we lose to Case, and that's super embarrassing. Or we beat him, and they say, well, you would never be able to against Allen. So I I wanted to see that storyline, how that was going to play out with Allen. Second thing I wanted to see... I just wanted to see us play competitive, man. Yeah. Because just like how you said that thing about the Eagles, you know, you can look at all their victories and there's some little asterisks by it. All of our victories, you could kind of look at that. It's like, okay, well, we beat the Taylor Heineke commies, whatever. We yeah. beat um, Call of Duty game uh, Kyler. <laughs> we beat a bad Packers team. So, like, this felt like our first test. And I wanted to see how we would play. Could we keep it close? That was kind of my expectation going in. I didn't really have any expectations of us winning that game just because how dominant the Bills have been for the past three years. Yeah. And I just think, like, going back to other teams that do have a chance at the Super Bowl, are they, like, how we're barely sneaking by these, like, pretty bad teams. I'm not saying, like, the Bills are the... Um, or the Kyler Murray-led um, Cardinals are all that bad, but what? how do we compare that to the Chiefs who have been just so dominant? dominant. dominant. And, like, 
they are beating their opponents pretty bad. Yeah, and with the exception of the Bills and yeah. a Colts game that, I don't know, that's just a That was watch. the kicker. So, like I said, I wanted to see Josh Allen. I wanted to see how we stacked up against a good team. And then the third and final thing that I wanted to see, and I think the rest of the world did a little bit, Steph Diggs versus Justin Jefferson, right? You go back to that draft day trade, who's the winner here? Some people are calling it the most even trade of all time. I love Steph Diggs. I don't feel any animosity towards him. I feel like he probably respects our organization enough. Yeah. But I needed to see, you know, is it Diggs? Or did we get the short end of the stick with Jefferson? And I think of those three things that I wanted to see during the game, that lived up to the hype the most. Yeah. That was so exciting watching Steph Diggs and Justin Jefferson do their thing. And in my opinion solidifying themselves in the top three wide receiver conversation. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. And I I just want to go back to, this is kind of funny, back in 2020, I didn't even really know that the Vikings traded Stefan Diggs to like week yeah. five. Because it, I just didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. Because maybe it wasn't all that big of a deal, but like, it's it not like we got an, a crazy top tier player right. and they got one like, automatically but i was like huh and yeah. then i'm like who's this justin jefferson guy gritting all over u.s bank right. stadium so you have to remember that like i mean Diggs is fantastic all world right now but we got him as a fifth round pick out of maryland pretty unheard prospect really? right uh he didn't start much with zimmer originally he had some dropsy issues early and then uh, he really started to play as, like, the number two receiver kind of behind an Adam Thielen type. They originally thought, the Vikings, like, man, it's going to be Laquan Treadwell. And thank God Stephon Diggs yeah. stepped up. Because he stepped up in a big way and he became the breadwinner for us. And then that Minneapolis miracle obviously put him on the map. Yeah. And I think he really has only even gone up from there since getting to Buffalo. And that's probably, you know, some play calling. That's obviously a better quarterback. Uh, just a change of environment. It's what he wanted. Yeah, he wanted to be the number one guy, and he is in Buffalo. So going back to the Minneapolis miracle, I do think in it, in his post game interview, he was like all emotional, mm-hmm. and it was like it all my work that I put into when I didn't have much paid off mm-hmm. on that one play. When he made the world go crazy. Paid off financially. Too. Yeah. I think he's making big bucks. Yeah, now. he is. He's he's definitely making a lot of money. So I had that, that Steph Diggs versus Jefferson thing. They both had a ton of yards. They both had a bunch of receptions. Stephon Diggs had that sensational catch uh, on, I think, a third down conversion. And I thought, dang it. Stephon Diggs it's is going to win this argument gonna... between the Jefferson uh, and Diggs thing. And then in that late fourth quarter in OT... Jefferson says, not so fast. He one-ups him. Oh, my god! What was probably the catch of catch the year. Catch of the year. They're calling it that. Jefferson then made the catch of maybe maybe the – I mean, it's in the conversation with the OBJ catch, too. Yeah. Uh, so he makes that catch, and then he's just Kirk's guy moving down the field, finding just um, a little pocket here, a little seam here, a Getting little softness the in the defense. Line, which was a really big... Um, absorbing contact, toe-touching on the sideline, mm-hmm. doing it all. What really. you need your top receiver to be doing every single time. And he, I think he won out that conversation. And even mm-hmm. in his post-game interview, 
Um, I think it was Pam Oliver said, you know, a lot of people are saying you're the best in the world. Are you the best? And he said, of course, of course. I think I showed that here today. Yeah. And I would 100% agree. So you go from uh, Steph Diggs, this story, um, this talent, uh, the, the, the really accomplished veteran with the third-year guy uh, who I think beats him out. And then you mentioned uh, the Minneapolis Miracle, and I think he beats him out in probably the most exciting game the NFL has seen. Since the yeah, game miracle. of the year. Absolutely. They're calling it that, and I 100% believe that. It's just going back and forth. Obviously, it's pretty much who's going to score last, mm-hmm. who's going to do that play that you've never seen before, never expected to see, that really changes the game. Obviously, well, watching that play, the 4th and 18 play, oh I thought it was a pick. I did too. I so I was, was like, over. no! Right. And then I see the Vikings, like, moving down the field. I'm like, no way. did you just catch that? So there was, like, there was like five plays that I had that moment of, no, to, oh, my God. They had that catch, yeah. right? Okay. Um, and then there was some that went the other way. There was the Jefferson touchdown in overtime that I was like, oh, that's game. Oh, my God, no. Okay, he's going to be short. And yeah. then, you know. And then the Kirk Cousins fourth down Jimmy sneak. Well, how about even before that, there was a flag. Uh, they were uh, Bills were offsides, but I thought, oh, my God, he's got Delvin Cook in this little flat. Delvin's going to catch the ball, walk in for a touchdown. Delvin drops it. Yep. Thankfully, we get another shot with the fourth down, and now it's like we got a sneak. Sneak didn't work out. And then it, it just had to work out in a certain way towards the, towards the Vikings. And, like, what are the chances your quarterback – Fumbles the ball in the end zone, so you, so your team can get the lead. Absolutely, it I, just like that just doesn't happen. And I was right after they didn't get the QB sneak. I knew they were gonna be like really backed up when you're on the half yard line, right. and you basically need to just get three running plays, get like 10, 15 yards. Game's over. Maybe not even, dude. They maybe yeah. would have needed to get one running play enough to kneel out the clock. Yeah, like. I think we had a timeout at that point, so what would have happened is if they had a gain of nothing, uh, KOC would have called a timeout, we would have tried it again. When I was watching that, when the Bills had the ball on the 8-inch yard line or whatever it was, I thought, okay, best case scenario here, we stop them, we get the safety, Safety, we have 30 seconds to get the ball, try to get our field goal, great, I feel wonderful about Greg Joseph, that'll be a different podcast. It never dawned on me that they could fumble. That yeah. we could get the ball. Like, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Now, I thought Josh Allen would be taking the ball, um, but, God, there is a certain element of luck there. And I and I won't say it was all talent. I just can't. The Vikings yeah. did get lucky, but you want to know what? Good teams take get advantage lucky. of luck. Yep. They do. You need to be lucky. Good teams take advantage of luck. And they tried to flush it down the toilet a couple of times, but, man, they were persistent, persistent, persistent. And they put themselves in a position to win, as scary as it was. I think Patrick Peterson made a great play on the interception. Yeah, I think he, he was such a great corner. I'd, I'd be <sighs> saying top seven, well, top he, ten. He always was, but yeah, you know, everyone thought Father Time undefeated. Like I said before, they thought Patrick Peterson was washed, and he's really showing that. Yeah, he can he's, still ball this he year. wants that. And going back, watching the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one Vikings. It's just like that same feeling you get every week. 
you have a very good shot to win, mm-hmm. and you blow that. Yeah. And it's just like so annoying to right. watch every week getting seven and nine, eight and nine, and like you have this pretty good defense that obviously they really patched up in the off season last year, but like you got Justin Jefferson, you got a very high paid Kirk Cousins, a very good Dalvin Cook. Pretty good receiving core all around, and you're just not using that to the best of your ability. So that's how I'd felt in the past. I know you wanted to talk about how we feel for this year. My big difference. We've always had the the Dalvin Cook security. We've had Justin Jefferson. We've seen this defense that we feel okay about finally perform. Here's my difference this year. Our offensive line is finally keeping Kirk up. Yes. I'll talk about the Bills really quick and how they played in that game, but then moving forward in our shots with the rest of the year, uh, we know that Christian Derrissaw is for He real. is top, top tackle, I He's think. He's for real. And then that. on the other side, we have a really promising Brian O'Neill. Uh, they shut down Von Miller. I know yes. Von Miller got to Kirk once in a pretty pivotal moment, but for the most part... Kirk was upright. Yeah. Now, what we need to worry about is Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, and Ed Ingram mm-hmm. up the middle. I feel pretty good about Ezra Cleveland. You don't hear his name much. That's good. Yeah. You were hearing Bradbury's name all the time last year. I was like, why are we going into the season with Bradbury? Yeah. He has held his own. And you know what? Ed Ingram has struggled. But he's, he's a, rookie. a rookie. He's a rookie. And he's got a very, very formidable Brian O'Neill next to him helping him. Uh, now we have uh, an even better pass-blocking tight end in Hawkinson who can help. I'm thrilled with the way this O-line has been playing, giving Kirk a shot to make the throws, keeping Kirk upright, and letting us uh, play our game this year. Yeah, and mainly, like, if our offensive line, like, when I see a play, what I want Kirk to do is just throw it to the guy who can, like, be the most proficient on the play. And if you're trying to force it into double coverage, your offensive line's probably not doing, playing the best of its ability. Obviously, offensive lines are kind of like, it's kind of hard to have a good offensive line. That's not, like, obviously the most important, but it is one of the most important in a play. And when you're seeing Kirk throw it into double coverage, when you're seeing him throw picks, I kind of just go back to screwing over the offensive line. And I think they do have a good offensive line. Maybe they get some good people in free agency. Mm-hmm. We might see that next year, having them go out and get, like, maybe a guard who can mm-hmm. just, like, be there. Be for, an anchor. Yeah, as are Cleveland and Ed Ingram. Absolutely. I, I think when you saw Kirk playing poorly, making bad decisions, I think it was a matter of timing. Yeah. He, he could really only go through that first progression – so it was like in years past, you really only could look at, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, Jefferson or that first look at Thielen. And now he's getting a little bit more time to check Jefferson, check Hawkinson, check Thielen. Maybe mm-hmm. KJ's out there. Can I check down to Dalvin? Whatever it might be. So moving forward, I feel very good about the Vikings. I got no notes here. I'm going all off of heart and soul. Yep. Um, my friend texted me a few weeks ago and he said, why not us? And why not this team? And I get it. You know, I, I've i been a Vikings fan for longer than you being 26 years old. I know yeah. you're just a kid and you've heard this stuff. My dad's been a Vikings fan forever. And, and perhaps you have family that has too. 
Um, I think the older generation of Vikings fans are saying, no chance, they'll let us down like they always yep, do. Yup, that's what I'm thinking. Because, like, yeah, they got the talent, but they're the Vikings. They're, like, known for not being that good team. And, like, who knows, maybe, maybe you can switch around that. And my main thing is, is Kirk Cousins the guy to be a good enough quarterback to win us a Super Bowl? Yes. And obviously, we've seen some bad quarterbacks win in Super Bowls. Obviously, there's, like, Joe Flacco. Yeah, that's all I can think of. But, like... Trent Dilfer wasn't great. You, you've seen... There's a handful of guys, but here's my thing. Yes, Kirk is good enough. And yes, the Vikings always have let us down, but jinxing things isn't real. Yeah. And much to my wife's chagrin, the NFL isn't rigged. Like... The Vikings have as good a shot as anybody. Mm-hmm. They just do. Kirk has made the plays. If you want to look at him in clutch time, I know that the Vikings have lost a lot of primetime games or clutch moments, but it's not always Kirk's fault. There's a missed field goal here. There's a fumble there. Yeah. It's not on Kirk. I look at the rest of this season, and I don't see a single team that the Vikings can't beat. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go winless or uh, win out the rest of the year. I think the Patriots are a tough team. I think between the two New Yorks, those are tough teams. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get a much better Packers at Lambeau. Yeah. Even, you know, Chicago and Detroit, we have a tendency to drop one of the two games against mm-hmm. the divisional opponent that we see. But we're putting ourselves in a position to be competitive for a number one seed in the NFC. We are building up this belief that, hey, we are not out of any game. Underdog we just, mentality. We just beat the Bills in a game that they have not lost in their home stadium in like 40, 40 years. years. So anything for our guys is possible. They're not afraid to make mistakes. They're not afraid to get behind. They have KOC at their back, not, not Zimmer breathing down their neck. Yeah. And they think they can, man. And they got the talent. And everyone, guess what, is kind of afraid of us now. Because yeah. at any point, they're like, well, look out for the Vikings. They said it on the broadcast last week. They said, oh, the Bills uh, are probably nervous. They got the Vikings right where they want them. The Vikings have done this before, man. We're getting experience. We have a little bit of veteran leadership and Zadarius and Pat Pete and some other guys who have played for a long time. Not a lot of Super Bowl experience, but, man, give me that shot. Just get me to that game. You know? Yeah. That would just be so monumental for the state of Minnesota and for this team and all the fans who have had to endure so much. And going back, looking back last year, I think the best move we made in the offseason was hiring our new head coach. Mm. At first, I didn't have – I wasn't very excited because names like Harbaugh Mm -hmm. and the Jags head coach, Doug Peterson, who won the Super Bowl – and but every week it's looking like he's 100% the best move we made in the offseason and going back to that loss in Philly he took complete responsibility mm-hmm. for that there were some decisions i mean i was i got so mad by half i wasn't watching but like <laughs> he there were some times when Darius Slay was just he just knew the route yeah. and he knew what to do and that kind of that kind of looked bad for us because when a corner and a defense knows exactly how to be a pretty dominant offense that's not good and that's scary so that was Kevin O'Connell's second week of calling plays in the NFL 
I think he has gotten better every single week. Yeah. And I think in the NFL, yes, play call is a huge piece. But more than anything, he has this team bound together. They're brothers. You can see it on the yeah. plane. You can see it in the locker room. He's allowing them to love one another, and they want to battle for him. And, man, I wouldn't bet against that ever. I, I've i started something new, Luke, and being a few years your senior, I want to give you this piece of advice as we uh, wrap up the show, I think, since this is kind of our last topic. But for years, I always had the idea of, oh, the Vikings are going to let me down. They're the Vikings. And my dad has always told me, well, you know, it's just football, and if they win, uh, you, you know, you won't even care the next day. Stop it. Just enjoy the ride. Imagine if they did win this year and you spent every single week going, oh, well, they're probably going to let me down eventually. They're probably going to let me down. Screw it, man. Allow yourself to have your heart broken by the uh, Eagles when they lose by a bunch in the NFC Championship. Allow yourself to have your heart broken by the 49ers after we have a sensational win in overtime against the Saints. Just enjoy it. Fully believe that they can do it. Yeah. And you want to know what? One of these years they're going to win. They're going to. And, and it's when they do, be... I'll see you at the parade, man. Yeah. I will. It's going to be a party. And yeah. It's going to be good. So just enjoy it while you can because, man, what do we have other than the Vikings uh, letting us down? Forget it. It doesn't matter. Just enjoy it and soak yeah. it all in. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I have to have you out some other time, but. Yeah, yeah. It was a blast. Let's do it again in the spring. Let's talk draft stuff. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, Skull Talk Show. Is this how we find yep. it? Skull Talk Show. Appreciate it, Luke, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Thanks for watching this episode of the Skull Football Talk Show, and I'll see you on the next one.